Amen. Please take your seats. God is moving amongst us. And he's going to speak to us through his word this morning. I've had to put a plaster on my finger because I cut it on the shopping. Where's Denise? I'll have her. Oh, there. Unbelievable. Great to be with you this morning. Great to see so many people in the place. And uh, if you are new, your first time, you're very welcome. My name is Dan, one of the pastors here. Great church, isn't it? Great church and um, love it. Absolutely love it. I love it where God has called us. I love it where we are and uh, love the people. And um, the church is not the building. The church is the people. We are the church. Amen. And um, last Sunday night, we had our annual general meeting. It was great to have, um, I think we had 99 people here. Shame we didn't have 100. Um, and uh, we were just talking about where we are at at the church, uh, where, we, where we feel that we are going. And um, you should have received an email with the minutes. But uh, for those that don't know like who we are, what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, I just want to unpack that a little bit uh, with you um, at the start. Of, of this message, and um, our mission at Derby City Church, you know, every church has a mission, and uh, our mission is simply this, transforming lives with the love of God, and we believe that it is not us that does the transformation, but it is God that does the transformation, but the amazing thing is we get to be a part of that, and uh, where we get to partner with God, and lives are transformed, and so we want to do that by following Jesus together. Jesus says these words, my sheep, listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me, John 10, 27. Everything that we do in the life of the church, we want to make sure that we follow Jesus. Even, in, even as we gather here this morning, we're here to worship him, to give him all the glory, all the praise, but ultimately, we're here to follow him and what he wants to do here in this place. Everything that we do, every meeting, every staff meeting, every leadership meeting, every, every time we gather together, we want to make sure, whether it's in our homes, in the building here, out on the streets, in our schools, colleges, universities, everything that we do is that we keep on following Jesus. He is our good shepherd. We want to make sure that we serve others. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We're not here to be served, but we're here to serve. And we're here to serve one another. Each one of us is a part of it. We are the body of Christ. And each one of you has a gift. Each one has a wonderful gift. Each one of you has been fearfully and wonderfully made. We've been made in the image of God. And you all have something special and wonderful to bring. And so we encourage you to serve. And, you know, Lonnie even said this morning, if you want to get involved in the sound team, then come and explore what that's about. But you can serve by just just showing love and showing kindness to one another. And the more that we do that, the more that God wants to reveal his love, the more that he wants to transform people's lives. We serve others. We follow Jesus. We serve others. And we bring hope to our city. I love this verse in Proverbs 23, 18. A, a, there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. I love that. And everything that we do as well, we want to make sure we're bringing hope into people's lives. And I love what Denise was sharing that in the food bank, in the, in the Hope Center across the road, that amongst the food parcels, amongst all the conversations, there is a living hope that is being shared into people's lives. Lives are being transformed, and that is what it's all about. So that's our mission as a church, transforming lives with the love of God. And we want to make sure we follow Jesus. We serve 
others and we bring hope to our city. Last Sunday night, uh, we were sharing and Pastor Andy shared this morning about how we are growing. You know, we're growing numerically. It's, it's amazing. Love, love seeing what, what God is doing here and how he's been drawing people into this place. You know, I see these connect cards. We have connect cards and you get, that's how you get um, signed up to, onto our church database. You get emails. But as I go through them, I see how people come to Derby City Church. They come because they simply walk past maybe one of you just walked past this morning and you're here you are very welcome some people watch us online the stream is online and then come in person someone's come to derby city church because of instagram come on but i think it was because pastor andy kicked me off the stage i think it was that scene that brought me i want to go to that church if they're going to kick the pastor off the stage i want to go there um but people are just just coming into uh, into this building because Ultimately, God is drawing them here, and that's amazing. But as Andy says, we do have a problem. And so um, we feel that just there's these four key areas that we want to push into, what we feel God is calling us into um, in 2024. Firstly, it's the word, and we're going to stay on this word, stand firm. Stand firm. Everything that we do, whatever we go through, we all have personal stuff going on. And we hear in the life of the church, there is, there is so many people who are going through it, who are going through so much heart, heartbreak, who are going through so much trauma, struggle. Whatever you are facing, we want to encourage you, whatever you do, stand firm. Stand firm in the faith. Stand firm in who you believe. God is with you and God is for you. And that is our foundation this year, the word of God, stand firm. We know that as we grow numerically, as you, you, it can be so easily to feel lost in the crowds. You can feel forgotten about in the crowds. And there was actually a word that was given this morning where somebody might feel a little bit lost, a little bit forgotten, left out. We don't want that to happen. And so we, our focus is not to grow big numerically, even though that's amazing, but our heart is to grow small. We want to grow personally with you. We want to make sure that it'd be amazing every single one of you in this place has someone to talk to. We, make, we need to make sure we have one another and we go on the journey together. So we want to grow more life groups. We need people to open up their homes where they can just come and welcome people and just, you don't have to be, you don't have to know your Bible inside and out. You don't need to have all the answers. You just need to cook some good food. You just got to bring people and just talk and ask, so how are you doing? What's the challenge at the moment? How can I pray for you? It's hard to do all of that in this kind of environment, isn't it, on a Sunday morning when we're in the crowds? But we want to make sure that we grow small and we, we do socials and things like that. And we've got Helen Watts who's going to help us do that going forward as well. And um, we've got to enjoy the journey, haven't we? We've got to have fun. If we're not having fun, we're not doing it right. You know, Jesus had a lot of fun. And so we've got to have fun. And so we want to make sure we grow small um, this year so we're making sure everybody feels included. We're going to make room. We need to make room, don't we? Um, and so we feel led to do another service. And we'll be launching um, a second service probably around the springtime, just after Easter. And we're going to have a regular evening service here in the church. And we'd give that as an option 
for you to um, come. You'd have to come in the morning, but to come in the evening, you can come to both. But the idea is to make room and um, see what God wants to do in that. The message that is preached in the morning will still be preached in the evening, and um, it'll still be a different kind of vibe, but that's what we're going to do. We feel God is leading us to push into a second service. We also feel called to reach community. We, we know that God tells us, as Jesus ascended to heaven, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We want to make sure that we continue to reach community. And Godfrey and Joe Fern, they've done an incredible job and continue to do an incredible job with the, uh, the work in Kilburn. And they meet on the second Sunday of the month. And just amazing, just what they've done over the past 10, 12 years of bringing people together and reaching community. And uh, we want to continue to support Godfrey and Joe in what they're doing. We're, we want to just continue to reach people there. And we've already got a foot in a village hall. So we want to just try and go and... Uh, reach more people in Kilburn and um, let them know about Jesus and that's what we're going to do on the second Sunday of the month as we as we go forward this year is continue to support uh, Godfrey and Joe in that we want to continue to reach community that's what we're going to do stand firm on the word of God we're going to continue to grow grow small in life groups we're going to make room have another service but we're going to also reach community that's our heart here that's what we feel where God is leading us this year and um, as I get into the word this morning, um, following on from the AGM, on Tuesday morning, I, I meet with a, a small group of people online. We've prayed together every week since the pandemic. And just for half an hour, you're welcome to join us online through Zoom. And um, we continue to pray because we believe that God does something in prayer and um, but it was amazing on Tuesday morning because I had my Bible open and um, I just randomly turned it open and it was at Matthew 7, 7. And um, as I had that open, someone was praying this prayer in reflection over the AGM, over reflection of what we've been sharing to the church. And the prayer went along the lines of, this is the year of the open door. The passage that was open was uh, Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives, who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. My message for us this morning, stand firm. The door will be opened. The door will be opened. I believe God closes doors, but I want to say to you this morning, God opens doors. And God wants to open a door for your life. You might feel like, you can't open a door right now. You might feel it's impossible. You might feel just anxious about it. But I want to say there is a door to be opened for your life. And God is there waiting for you. He wants to do something in you and through you. And he is for you. Amen. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. In the beginning of Acts followers joined together constantly in prayer. They joined together in one spirit, with one mind, asking, seeking, knocking, waiting for the gift that was promised from the Lord. And as it is recorded in Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. All of them, 
all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. The door of heaven opened and the Spirit of the living God rested on each one of them. Peter, a close follower of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, addresses the crowd at the time, declaring the Old Testament prophecy spoken through the prophet Joel on how God will pour out His Spirit on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. All men will dream dreams. Both men and women, God will pour out His Spirit and they will prophesy. He will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Acts 2.21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter goes on preaching the gospel, how Jesus was put to death by being nailed to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. But God. But God, who has a story this morning that has but God in it? You know, I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was once blind, but now I see. I was feeling lost, I was feeling broken, but God brought me through. But God, there is a but God story in your life. But God, Satan thought he had the victory. The enemy thought he had the victory. Jesus nailed to the cross. Jesus laid in the tomb for three days. But the stone was rolled away. But God raised Jesus from the dead. Each one of us has a story, and we can all have that story that goes like this. But God, but God changed my life. But God transformed my mind. He transformed my heart. But God, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Peter continues to address the crowd, quoting the psalmist David, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices, my body will also live in hope, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your holy one see decay. You have made known to me the path of life, and you fill me with joy in your presence. Coming towards the end of Acts 2, we begin to see this incredible impact the gospel message is having on the people. Many people are coming to faith. People were repenting, being baptized, trusting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And as we read in Acts 2.41, about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's a big increase, isn't it? 120 believers meeting together, praying, seeking, asking, knocking. And then later on, 3,000 get added. Amazing. How did that happen? It happened by the power of the Holy Spirit. It happened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his followers, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want to encourage you this morning to keep asking, keep, sick, keep seeking, knocking on the door for what the Lord has for you. Keep walking in step with the Spirit. Keep walking in the power of the Holy Spirit because we're going to struggle to stand firm if we are not going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is in the power of the Holy Spirit we can stand firm when we are up against it. It is in the power of the Holy Spirit we can stand firm to say no to what the enemy might be opening up for us. It is in the power of the Holy Spirit we are able to stand firm in showing forgiveness, kindness, love when all we get is hurt, betrayal and hate. 
To stand firm, we need to receive the promise, the gift, the power of God by walking by and being filled by his spirit. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And there's something really beautiful, powerful, attractional when the temples of the Holy Spirit come and do life together. This is what happens. Acts 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They brought bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking bread, and to prayer. This was their foundation of their walk with one another and with, and with the Lord. And if we are to follow a strategy, if we are to follow a system in a growing church, I think the early church has a pretty good one to follow. And I want to say to us this morning, as we press into what we believe God has for Derby City Church, for our community, I want to say that the first thing we're going to do is follow Jesus. It is, that's what we're going to do. We are going to follow Jesus. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. As Joe and Pat last week, we do have a God who speaks to us. And he shared these wonderful verses from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. John goes on to say, in verse 14, John 1, and um, the word, it became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John and the rest of the, the apostles, they had a wonderful journey of physically walking with Jesus. And as Jesus is about to send to heaven and be with his Father, he gave his followers this responsibility and authority to teach in his name. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is now breathing, living in their hearts through the Holy Spirit, the real heart of the teachings from the apostles was all Jesus-centered because he was at the center of their lives. The core of their teachings were everything who Jesus is in what he taught and what he has done for us. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that enabled these close followers of Jesus to teach the good news of him. And we can see one of the key teachings that the apostles shared with those hearing the message at the time in Acts 2. Acts 2 verse 37, when the people heard the message, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Following Jesus, it requires us to repent. We need to keep repenting in our lives. We get it wrong day after day after day. We have wrong thoughts. We have wrong attitudes, wrong behaviors. With the things that we say come out, it's not honoring God. That every single day, we are not perfect. Every single day we need to come and repent. It's decision to turn away from where we are heading and coming back towards him. It's not just adjusting the course, but completely turning back around physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It means closing the door to what has been holding you captive. It means closing the door to the stuff that you know what is not good for you. And as being temples of the Holy Spirit, you know what is not right because the Spirit in you tells you what is not right. Jesus says when the Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth. Repent in Hebrew is this word teshuva, which means returning towards what is right, pure, and holy. It's choosing to lead your life by following Jesus rather than leading your life in your own way, your own desires. True repentance means returning to him with all of your heart. Joel 2.12, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all of your heart. See, repentance, as Billy Graham says, is not a word of weakness, but it's a word of power and of action. So I encourage you this morning, stand firm. The door will be opened. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Grace is waiting for you. Forgiveness is there. Freedom is coming for you. And Jesus is just calling you to follow him. Repent and be baptized. See, if you believe in the message of Jesus Christ, if you believe that he died for your life and that he's very much alive today, You need to declare that. We encourage you to be baptized in that. Baptize yourself in water, putting death to the way that you were living and coming out, walking in freedom, walking in victory, walking in the living hope that Jesus is alive and we have a wonderful hope of eternity with him. We'd encourage you, if you have not done that, do it. Do it. Show it. Be baptized. Join us after the service over there. We'll tell you more about it. And... um, As Rob closed in in our AGM last week, he says, I have decided, he declared these words, I've decided to follow Jesus. That's what baptism is doing. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I'm not following my own ways of life. I'm not following the ways of the world, but I'm following the ways of the one who made me, who designed me, who created me, who's got a plan and a future for my life. I'm following the one who is living and breathing inside of me. That's what I am choosing to do. That's what the early church did. That's what we're going to do. We can very easily lose what it's all about with a growing church. But I encourage you, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus in your personal life, in your devotional life. Talk to Jesus, pray to him, read his word, speak about him with other believers. When the temples of the Holy Spirit come together, it is powerful. It is unshakable. Jesus is living and breathing in you by the power of his spirit. Follow Jesus. What else did they do, this early church? They shared life together. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. They shared life together. 
See, fellowship is simply being together, getting to know one another, having a good time, building, creating friendships, listening and encouraging to one another's trials and struggles, celebrating one another, honoring one another. Fellowship is being in harmony with one another. It can be defined as shared participation within a community. We want you to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey together, following Jesus together. We want to create space for people to meet with one another and grow in relationship. Because we believe that life is better when we are in it together. And the more that the temples of the Holy Spirit share with one another, the more that we will see of Jesus and of his kingdom. I shared this at the AGM last Sunday night, getting to know our daughter a little bit more these days. She's 14 months and... um, she likes sharing. She eats something and she'll share. She'll like, you have a bit. But she had some chocolate, didn't she? So she, she had got hold of some chocolate somewhere. I don't know how. Mum must have had it out. No, I, had it. I always have it out. Um, but she got her hands on some chocolate and, and we thought, okay, go for it. So she ate it and it looked like she was going to give um, Madeline some. But then she pulled it away. She's like, no, I like what I got in my hand. I like this a lot. She was like teasing. There you go. No, I'm having it. She loved it. She enjoyed it. We took it off her. Took it off her. She cried. And, um, but I want to say that shared participation, that's what it means to be in fellowship. And shared participation means sharing with others with what you may hold on to tightly. And uh, we can hold on to our secret recipe, we can hold on to our plans, we can hold on to our gifts, we can hold on to our finances. All the good and nice stuff, the blessings that we get that has been given to us, we can hold on to tightly. But devoting ourselves to fellowship means sharing with one another, sharing the good stuff with one another, being excited for one another, encouraging one another. Let's keep on giving to those in need. We encourage to give here in the life of the church because we believe we've got to honor God with our finances. And as we do that, he honors us. God honors us in our giving. God honors us in our generosity. And I've been challenged by that in my own personal life. And I want to encourage you that I have seen the goodness of God as we trust him with our finances. Last year, we was at a conference, and it was about giving financially. And I had this phrase that stuck with me through the conference that the giving that we give to the Lord is to be used as a channel, not a bucket. Not a channel, not a bucket. Which means whatever we get, we are being used as a channel to keep flowing for what the blessings that God has given in our life. We keep on flowing it through our lives. And so... Madeline one day says, I feel like we need to give this money to someone. And I always, always follow your wife. I was like, okay, let's do it. We did. The next day, the following morning, we received double what we gave. More than double than what we gave. And I'm like, what the? What's going on here? And so I said, I said to Maddie, I was sharing at this conference, look, I think, I think God is just testing us in this. I think he just wants us to trust him with this. Let's just hold it. We pray. Where is it going to lead? A couple of weeks later, I meet someone. I go and visit someone. And um, it was around Christmas time. And 
they were saying, look, my kids can't come back. The, the, the university, they can't come back for Christmas and just can't, can't afford. They can't afford to get back. I said, I'll go back and tell Maddie. And I was like, this money's to go to this family so they can come back and be together at Christmas. God is Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide, and we get to be a part of that. And so in that story, people were part of God's blessing but not even know it. So I want to say that in your giving, you are part of a beautiful, powerful story that you do not know about. And so I want to encourage you in your giving to the Lord to keep honoring him with your finances because God will honor you, but you will also be part of the transforming lives of the love of God as you honor him with your generosity. The Hope House I was sharing last week, we didn't know what the house was going to be used for. We felt a nudge to go and buy the house, but we all raised together as a church over 30,000 pounds, not knowing what it's used for. And we heard a couple of weeks ago that it's part of the charity rebuild bringing hope into people's lives. You didn't know it, but you gave it in faith, in, in, in believing, in honoring God, and now we hear of a beautiful, powerful story that's going on out there. Honor him with your finances. Share life together. They had everything in common. The early church, they were in one mind and one spirit. Let's continue to be the church with one mind and one spirit, giving to the Lord. Follow Jesus. Share life together. Eat with Jesus. They devote themselves to the breaking of bread. Having meals together is very important, you know. It's biblical. Jesus ate all the time. He went into people's homes and just ate with them. With sinners, people who people thought you shouldn't be eating with. We want to continue to build a culture of eating. Because we like it. (laughs) But we want to encourage you to open up your homes. Have food together. Share life together. But as I shared last week as well in the AGM, I wanted to encourage you that eat with Jesus where you're at with your loved ones. It's very important that you have Jesus around your table at home, whatever that looks like for you. Because we all have a ministry, and your first ministry starts where you are at home. It starts with your, your loved ones. That's what I shared in my ordination video. Above everything that I do in the life of the church, my first ministry starts at home. And I've got to eat with my family. I've got to invite Jesus around the table with my family. So I want to say, eat with Jesus in your home. Doors will be opened. Eat with him. Fellowship with him. Bring people alongside you in the journey. Eat with Jesus. And in this context, it was in also in remembrance of what the Lord had done for us. And there's an amazing story. People will know this lady. She passed away a couple of years ago, Jean Hibbert. An incredible woman of God. She lived opposite us, and so we were blessed. But a powerful story of this, of this lady, through the pandemic when we could not meet together, every single day she took communion. Every single day she broke bread. She took juice in remembrance of what the Lord had done for her. Every single day, through the pandemic, through the years, even when we couldn't meet together. Powerful testimony of remembrance of what Jesus has done with her life. I want to encourage you, don't just wait once a month. We don't don't have to take communion once a month. Take it at home with your family in remembrance of what Jesus Christ has done for your life. Follow Jesus. Share life together. Eat with Jesus. Finally, talk to Jesus. They devote themselves to prayer. 
They devote themselves to prayer. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Keep talking to Jesus. Do not stop asking. Do not stop seeking. Do not stop knocking on the door. Jesus says when two or three are gathered, I am there. And I believe wholeheartedly Jesus is here today. Jesus is sat with you today. And Jesus wants to talk to you today. He'll talk to us in group settings, but he'll talk to you in a personal life as well. Stay in communion with him. There is a door to be opened for your life. And you can receive this morning the door to being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can do that by talking to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Jesus says you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, comes on you. You can walk confidently in the ways of Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you can stand firm. You can stand firm. So I encourage you this morning, be filled with his spirit as you talk with him. Ask, seek, knock. The door of your life is going to be opened and you don't know, do not know what it looks like right now. But God does. Stand firm, the door will be opened. The door will be opened. Doors are going to close for your life, but there's going to be a better door that opens for your life. And we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, if you believe Jesus with, your, with all of your heart, soul, and mind, if you love him, his spirit is in you. But we need to keep on being filled with his spirit being filled with the Spirit. So ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened.